bit hot, but still a bit cold. Don't you love spring? We have a few handouts that are heading your way, so hold on to those and we'll come to them in a moment. We're going to continue our series on Galatians. And as part of this series, please don't mind my back, um, we're going to look at chapter 6 and the first parts of chapter 6. School's going back tomorrow for most people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Mia. Uh, I guess we're looking at freedom. And Galatians really is reminding us of the freedom we have in Christ. And I just want to check off a few passages of Scripture that talk about freedom. Jesus said... To those who believed him, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Most of you... Don't seem free this morning. Feel free to sit there. That's perfectly fine. But I want to preach this morning that Jesus has set each one of us free. For what are we called to? We're called to freedom. But don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Rather, serve one another in love. And last week, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm automatically saying a different translation. But the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives. And that is what Pastor Roger shared on last week. I encourage you to listen to his message. And he talked about how our primary act in life is to be about Christ. But it's incredible how the secondary things take up so much of our space. A wonderful thought and expression that was shared last week by Pastor Roger. Today is really about the practice of freedom. The practice of freedom. And if we consider that true freedom, real freedom... Authentic image of God freedom is only found in Christ. Then when we consider this quote by Benjamin Franklin, it really speaks straight to our culture. It's profoundly insightful for us today. 
Franklin said, those who desire to give up their freedom in order to gain security will not have, nor do they deserve, either one. Do you know some people feel anxious? Do you know some people are fearful? Our culture has a lot of anxiety. Would you agree? I mean, the pressure on the mental health system is... You you just cannot meet the demand. Where does that come from? Where does that anxiety come from? Where does that pressure come from? Well, you see, when we give up Jesus and we allow something else to take its place, when we place our security in something else or someone else, it will let us down. It will fail us. And I would argue that anxiety and fear have their root in something above Christ in your life. So what Franklin is saying speaks directly to our culture. And what Paul is saying is don't rob what Jesus has brought you. Don't add to Jesus. Don't take from Jesus. Don't don't place your security in something else other than Jesus. Because really, that robs your freedom. There is only freedom in Christ. Biblical freedom is a major theme in this book of Galatians. And Paul makes it clear, if we haven't got it after these chapters in Galatians, can I just say that for Paul, only freedom in Christ. Christ alone. We're going to read through this passage three times. This is an intensely uh, practical passage of Scripture. Uh, Once again, I, I kind of... I was very enthusiastic and I just prepared a whole range of different thoughts and ideas that I really liked. Like I really, there's some great messages that you're not ever probably going to hear. But what I want you to hear today is the simple preaching of these scriptures. I really believe that this passage of scripture, Galatians 6, 1 to 10, is written so elegantly, so profoundly, so simply that you do not need any background, you do not need any understanding, you can grasp what the Word of God is saying today. This passage is simple, yet as we read it, I encourage you to reflect upon your heart and your mind as you read these words. And how, as you read the words, you will find yourself reacting to what is written there. You will find yourself complicating. You will find yourself justifying what is written very simply there. It's amazing how we can take the simple word of God and add to it or take from it. We just need to approach this word with honesty and truthfulness. This passage of Scripture offers us a real way to live, very practical. So we need to approach this passage of Scripture 
with a, an intention to contemplate what it says, how it speaks to my life and my lifestyle. This passage of Scripture offers a way that avoids the pitfalls that Paul has been addressing for the last five chapters. In fact, uh, if the Galatians practice this part of the Scripture, I would argue that Galatians would be one chapter long. This would have been a much shorter series. We need to approach this passage in a kind of check and balance to our hearts, to what we do, how we see others, how we see ourselves. This passage of Scripture offers us a genuine sense of God's love for each one of us. It offers us a sense of of how God loves those around about us and we ought to love one another too. We need to remember that, that discipline is given to those who are actually loved. Correction comes to those who are loved and cared for. We, 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 need to, we need to recognize that discipline and correction from our Heavenly Father is a beautiful, precious gift. We need to read that in our culture today and in our everyday life, This passage of Scripture is a recipe that helps us to place our security in Jesus alone. In faith, I am believing this morning that this passage of Scripture will speak to you. Isaiah, uh, in in the book of Isaiah, God says that the words that He speaks do not return to him unfulfilled. What an amazing promise. His word accomplishes something. His word has purpose. So this passage of Scripture this morning, it is being spoken, it is, it is being, it's being expressed to us for a purpose, for a reason, to accomplish a work in our lives and in our hearts. My prayer is that for whatever God says to you today, that you would let the Spirit do the growth work in you this week by trusting what God says to you today, by thinking about what God says to you today, by doing what God says to you today. And finally, as we reflect on this passage, I want you to remember, and this is part of the handout that you have, I want you to remember the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Paul gives us a big picture and this passage of Scripture, it brings all of these descriptors of love very simply into a way we ought to live and behave with one another. Now, was that an introduction or what? Is anybody there saying, Ben, just read the passage? So we're going to look at three different versions, three different translations. And this first translational version is from a translation called The Message. It says, live creatively, friends. I want you to remember that. 
Paul is at no point casting these people away. There is no judgment of you're no longer friends, you're no longer brothers and sisters. It's always friends, brothers and sisters, relationship, together, unity. Live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore them, saving your critical comments for yourself. You might be needing forgiveness before the day's out. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. If you think you are too good for that, you are badly deceived. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself to others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your life. Be very sure now, you who have been trained to a self-sufficient maturity, that you enter into a generous common life with those who have trained you, sharing all the good things that you have and experience. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, they will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. And they'll have to show, all they'll have to show for their life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's Spirit do the growth work in them, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, Every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people who are closest to us in the community of faith. In the community of faith. Heavenly Father, help us this morning to have ears to hear. Help us to change from glory to glory. Help us to be your disciples, to follow your teachings and to live for you. Lord, help us to place our total security in you alone. Help us to know that you really are the only true freedom. And everybody said, Amen. Don't you love the balance of the passage? You love the balance. It it says to someone who's got it together, don't be critical because maybe you're going to need some forgiveness soon. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Don't be critical. Don't use your critical mouth because you know what? You're, you're going to need forgiveness too. So live in a way that is always gentle and patient and kind. There's a beautiful balance there. The passage talks about sharing their burden, sharing the burdens of others, but it also speaks about our own responsibility of doing our best. I am absolutely convinced that if we each do our best, 
there'll be very little burdens to bear. But there's some times when I don't do my best and I do generate some burdens that I just need someone to come along and just help bear them with me. I teach my kids to do their best in everything that they do. From making their bed to the way they speak to when they go to work and go to school. I'm not after anything that's outrageously world record-ish. I'm just after their best. God looks upon the heart. He doesn't look upon what you do. When Jesus came, that was the best of heaven. The best. Yet it's a beautiful balance, isn't it? To take responsibility for ourselves and do our best, yet be ready to bear one another's burdens. Isn't that beautiful? Can we read it again in another translation? So this is in the New Living Translation. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Um, my son isn't here, he's next door. Can I tell a little story? Uh, he was supposed to set his alarm yesterday and get up at seven o'clock. He, he missed it. He missed it. He missed it. And I was getting really upset and frustrated, but I was reminded of how many times I've set my alarm and missed it. Yeah. Nick Shahada used to tell a story to some young fellas who he was training. I'm not sure if you're aware, but when you put down fresh concrete, you have a certain amount of time to get it nice and flat and smooth and right. I don't really know what I'm saying. I just, I've watched a YouTube video, so that's all I've got. But I think it's a two hands, wax on, wax off thing. And they had just gotten this cement to a place and then someone just walked through it, left their footprints in there. And Nick tells a story of how he said, oh, idiots, as he could say. And then the person there said, hey, don't forget, you've probably left some footprints too. Beautiful passage of Scripture, isn't it? Beautiful passage of Scripture. So you wonder if the Galatians, if they live like this, maybe they would never have had to have those other things addressed in their life. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. I think that's a big issue for our culture. Some of us in this room, if I can be bold, just think we're too important, too busy, too up there and out there. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. I'd like to think Paul was saying that with a smile when he read that, <laughs> when he wrote that. But then look at the opposite. Uh, the, maybe the balance is a better way to describe. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. 
And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. Do you see the beautiful aspect of this? That when we serve Christ in all that we do, when we work and do anything as if we're working for the Lord and we do our best, what need is there to compare? Isn't that a beautiful thing? Doesn't that take the pressure off our life and what we have and what we don't have and how good we think we should be and how good we are? That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Paul is reprogramming these people, is is taking the fruit of the Spirit and saying, this is what it looks like. This is how you do it. Those who are taught... So those who are taught the Word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. There's a a man who comes here, Pastor Barry Silverback. He's been here twice this year. Every chance I get, I want to take him out for a coffee. And it usually turns into some sort of antipasto, occasionally McDonald's. I, 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 I always pay not because he can't, not because I owe him something, because I just want to share what I've got because of what he's taught me, what he's spoken into my life. And I love it. And I love it. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You'll always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature, will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity... I have so many opportunities to do good. That, that pierces my heart. What from this passage speaks to your heart? Let me just check if that's right. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, whenever, the Greek and, and the Hebrew and the Aramaic and the American all suggest whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Isn't it beautiful? Do you see the balance there where when we do our best, we don't need to compare? That those who are godly should actually care. It's not enough for us just to preach from the pulpits. It's not enough for us just to rock up to church and then just leave without interacting. Who here thinks that something of God is upon them, that they've received something of Christ? Who would, who would, who would boldly put their hand and say, you know what, I, I think I am doing my best to live a godly life? Wow, no one. That's such a humble crowd. Such a humble crowd. Yet somehow the word says that we're being changed from glory to glory. 
So there is something of Jesus within us. There is something of me crucified in Christ. There is something godly that I can bring to each one of you and you can bring to one another. There is some encouragement. There is some scripture. There is some experience that you can share and offer and see the word of God brought into the life of another. And those who are taught should share. You know what I've learnt? What Pastor Barry and others who I just meet with like that just love? They just love hearing about the experiences. They love hearing about the salvations and, and they love hearing about the things that you go through as you serve the Lord. They, they love hearing about that, that devotional life and journey that comes from when God speaks to you. And when I share that experience, it blesses them as much as it's blessed me. This passage of Scripture is very beautiful, very balanced. Don't trick yourself. Whatever you invest into, you reap. Very simple. Look at your time. Where do you invest your time? Look at your money. Where do you invest your money? Look at your relationships. Where do you invest your relationships? Where, where do you invest those things? Because I, I think this is a, an aspect that really speaks to our culture. We trick ourselves and we create a hierarchy of what we think is important. But in the end... What are we really investing into? What are we sowing into? What are we planting into? Because that's what we're going to reap. Can I read it one last time? Is that okay? Is this good? Does anyone else feel the weight and the challenge of this? It's like the whole of Galatians has been distilled into 10 verses. And it's just like a rocky punch after punch after punch after punch. But good punches. Does anyone want to come and feel a good punch? This is in the Amplified Version because at the end of the day, some dude just thought, let's just chuck every word we can into that because more is better. Amen? Brothers. Now, that's not excluding sisters. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any sin, you who are spiritual, that is, you who are responsive to the guidance of the Spirit. Can I suggest to you that I reckon that's every one of us. Isn't that how we're living our life, responsive to the guiding of the Spirit? Art to restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, not with a sense of superiority, or self-righteousness, keeping a watchful eye on yourself so that you are not tempted as well. Can I just say that I take a keen interest in who my children's friends are. I really do. I really take an interest in that. And we've had to make some adjustments on behalf of our children. Because there are some friendships that we just didn't want them to be facing the temptation that they offered and brought. What Paul's saying is so real. The people who you hang out with, what you see them doing and getting away with, it's so tempting. 
It's so tempting. If you find a street where there's not a speed camera and a friend tells you, guess what you're going to do? You're going to take that street and avoid the speed camera. If you find a way to cheat the tax man and you tell someone, guess what you're going to do? You're probably going to cheat the tax man. I can give you a thousand examples. None of those apply to me at all. But gee, the temptation is powerful. Carry one another's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the requirements of the law of Christ. That is, the law of Christian love. For if anyone thinks he is something special, when in fact he is nothing special except in his own eyes, he deceives himself. But each one of us must carefully scrutinise his own work, examining his actions, attitudes and behaviour. And then he can have the personal satisfaction and inner joy of doing something commendable without comparing himself to another. For every person will have to bear with patience his own burden of faults and shortcomings for which he alone is responsible. The one who is taught the Word of God is to share all good things with his teacher, contributing to his spiritual and material support. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed, nor treated with contempt, nor allow his precepts, that's his laws or his principles or his ways, to be scornfully set aside. Can I just say that if you struggle with a recurring sin, I think that's what that passage is talking about. God will not allow you to get away with that indefinitely. If you struggle with something that you know is wrong, it will come back and bite. God will not be mocked. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed, nor treated with contempt, nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. For whatever a man sows, this and only this, so this and this only, is what he will reap. Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap if we do not give in. So then, while we as individual believers have the opportunity, so that's me, I can't pass the buck. Who here has ever thought, oh, they'll do it? I think I'm the humblest person here right now. Or two, two humble people, three humble people. I think I'll stop there. (laughs) Have the opportunity. Let us do good to all people, not only being helpful, but also doing that which promotes their spiritual well-being. Wow. Paul could have written the curriculum for the education department right there. Spiritual well-being. What a beautiful description. Spiritual well-being. 
Do you know that each one of us has the responsibility to promote good spiritual well-being in the other? Isn't that beautiful? And especially being a blessing to those who are of Burnside Family Church and others in our faith community, born-again believers. We're just going to come to a close. And the passage of Scripture that I just want to mark on a bit is, let us not grow weary. You know, this is hard. Let's be honest. This is hard. It's wearisome. Isn't it? Isn't it hard to do good? Isn't it tiring to do good? I'm going to do something now that I hope you will understand my heart. What I'm going to do now is not against anyone. But with those who are at the working bee, please stand. I know who you are. Thank you, Oliver. Guys, I I commend you for not giving up. That's not to say others who wanted to make it, who couldn't make it. That's not what this is about. But you know what? Who honestly wants to go to a church working beyond a Saturday morning? Who in their... Thank you, sit down. Who in their right mind wants to rock up and do good? Who? That's insane. Why would we do that? I just want to say that this morning I'm feeling a little bit weary. I reckon sometimes we also feel a little bit discouraged. We feel discouraged. We've we've done so much good and it just doesn't seem to stop. There's so much more good to be done and I just feel like I've got nothing left. I feel like there's nothing there for me. The problem with weariness is that it leads us to selfishness and even worse, it leads us to self-pity. It is so dangerous, weariness. It is such a dangerous issue that Paul wrote it in this passage of Scripture to address what he felt the Galatians were really struggling with at their root cause. Weariness. Weariness says, I deserve rest. I deserve my time. I deserve me, 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 me. No one knows what I do. No one really sees what happens. No one has any idea how much I give. No one really knows all that I've done. Weariness is very dangerous. We're not just talking physical weariness here. We're talking spiritual. We're talking doing good weariness. But there's a great hope. Hallelujah. At the proper time, we will reap. At the proper time. Do you believe that? Honestly? I tell you, it's too hard. It's too hard. Yes, there is a hope, but it's too hard. So what does it come down to? It comes down to the fact that we actually need Jesus every day in our life. You see, it's the bread of life every day that sustains us. It's, it's having time with Him that allows us to keep going. And when we 
skimp on that, when we give up on that, then, then the weariness sets in. If you don't believe me, just look at the life of Jesus and how he lived. Over and over again, he was heading away, but he got pulled back. Yet he knew what it was to take his weariness in prayer to Father God. What do you do with your weariness? Can I encourage you today, with your freedom, to never give up doing good, which means we really need God we really need the Word. We really need the power of the Holy Spirit. And we really need one another. We really do. So today, I hope you've heard something. I hope the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart. I hope that you'll let God's Spirit do a growth work in you by trusting, thinking, and doing. Because at the end of the day, Jesus plus nothing is everything. Jesus plus nothing is everything. Galatians 5 says that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. He is alive today. He is living. And he has entrusted us to be his disciples. What a privilege and an honour.